and welcome back, everybody, to the five people I'm probably talking to. We are the <laughs> ten, the ten, ten people. Sorry, ten, ten. we are the men of the that machine. A uh, pretty dope name that Patrick thought up, and we're gonna. I okay, wait, 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 wait. Oh. I did not think it up. Douglas Adams thought it up, and then Max Landis used okay. it on their adaptation of his thing. That Patrick, and then I blatantly stole it. That Patrick <laughs> thought would be good for us to use. Either way, I love it. I am Kevin. I am Pat. And today we are going to bring some knowledge on you fools about sports. So I guess it's not really prudent knowledge, but to me, it's really important. I mean, it's less like of a knowledge drop than like, I mean, if, 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 the, if the question is, what were your favorite things <laughs> this year of 2016, then yes, this is knowledge. But well, it's not like I'm, I'm like, let me explain professional wrestling to you, kiddies. Like, <laughs> it's more just me going, these are the matches I liked most in 2016. That's about right. So uh, he explained it well. We are going to be doing a top five list. I think you said five is what you wanted, right? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to do five. Yeah. I can do more if you want. <laughs> well, we'll start with five, and then we'll have, like, honorary mentions of his favorite wrestling matches, and you will hear a bunch of my shitty opinions on football because this season has been kind of depressing for me. But it's getting better, so I'm sure I'll have some nice things to say. Uh, and yeah, let's start it with you. We'll start with wrestling. So what is... Well, actually, really quick. Okay. Is this only... Like, just across the board, or is it like WWE and NXT? Oh, no, it's it's, just... it's, li- it's literally everything. Because the, the, the thing I was saying to Ryan before, when he was like, to WWE, I'm like, no, no, dude, this includes WWE, like, including, like, NXT, including, like, PWG, including Ring of Honor, including New Japan, mm-hmm. including, uh, well, it doesn't include Lucha, Lucha Underground, but I do love Lucha Underground. It just didn't um, make the cut. Evolve, like, I love Evolve. Um, like, yeah, like I, I, like my taste is broad and basically if there is good wrestling, I will go there. Okay. Fair enough. And I have little to no experience on wrestling. So all the questions I'll be throwing your way, you just got to oblige me like usual. That's just how this podcast goes. So, all right. So let's start with number five. What are we, what are you putting there? Okay. Um, I feel weird making two like spot festy things. Cause like really like my, favorite stuff is like your like your technical wizard wizardry like you get from like like bret hart and mr perfect and shit like back in the day and like chris like chris benoit and like chris jericho and like we Finn don't Ballard. talk about chris benoit on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> we do because i love chris benoit i don't care if he killed his family <laughs> his work allegedly. is so awesome <laughs> no it's not alleged i am not going on the record as defending this man but continue <laughs> with what you were saying but yeah, like my four and five are both like big, ridiculous spot festy matches, but they're really good, big, ridiculous spot festy matches. So what I don't probably spot festy match like the oh, okay, over okay. the top, flashy, like multiple hours long. Like, look at what no. we're doing. Well, it, that part is basically basically spot fest is basically like because a big part of what professional wrestling is, is basically like it's called basically ring psychology, where basically it's like you basically kind of build a match to an apex and just kind of do whatever. Um, which I mean, granted all matches do even the spot fest but basically spot fest are basically about like really big shit and like the even bigger thing even bigger thing even bigger thing like things that like it's literally just to make you go like what the fuck is happening so was the the recent goldberg thing was that a spot fest match no that was just something to kick every fan in the balls (laughs) (laughs) okay okay well we won't have to reference that again 
Because like the first one I would do, because I'm actually I won't probably, since I'm talking about spot fest, I'll try to just include five and four in the same breath. But five, I have um, the Young Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns versus Bad Influence from Ring of Honor's um, All Star Extravaganza this year, where it was a triple threat um, ladder match for the ROH tag titles, and like the Motor City Machine Guns used to be like they, I mean like, I still I still enjoy them but like I, they used to be like my favorite team ever when I was younger and like I mean, probably like 10 years ago um like the Bucks are probably my current favorite tag team in the world and like Bad Influence includes two guys I used to love from TNA in uh Chris Daniels and Frankie Gazarian and like it's more technical than number four because it actually has like legit wrestlers but also pretty much anything that includes the young bucks like young bucks were the, basically the team that were the like they basically managed to make a career out of basically being like hey you know how like there's this whole like tradition of like psychology and like all this kind of we well, fuck that shit we're just gonna do really cool shit and people are gonna fucking love it like and then it'll be fine. And sweet takedowns and stuff like that or just like their attitude Oh, they do they both. Like, they do okay. flippity a lot. <laughs> well, that's my favorite. That's why Rey Mysterio Jr. is one of my favorites, is because every time he would go to do the West Coast pop, which I think is a little bit cooler than the 619, but that's just me, I would lose my shit. I was like, <laughs> it's happening! And I think, who did I see? I saw him do it to some really tall guy, and it looked even cooler, because you could tell the tall guy had to throw all of his weight into flipping over, because little Rey Mysterio weighs like 160 pounds. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's, like, there's, there are certain moves that, like that are kind of retarded for that reason like um there's a move actually you guys do in tna called uh the canadian destroyer where basically it's like a flipping uh pile driver the problem with that is that if you know wrestling basically the way it works is basically like he's flipping forward and the guy that he's pile driving is flipping backwards mm-hmm. so you can only do it on guys who can do like a backflip while he's doing a front flip <laughs> so it's a very small amount of people so when you see it you know it's good exactly but yeah so like the first one was that one and that was like Definitely the main reason to include it is Chris Daniels is 46 years old and literally killed himself for the fans of that match. Like, not literally killed himself, but, like, as close White to girl that, literally killed himself. Well, no, I'm saying like, as close as you can to literally killing yourself without actually killing yourself, like, the bumps they took in that match were psychotic. Like, they, like, there was, like, there's so much shit that I'm, like... I literally was, like... Because there used to think that JR used to say, like, on, like, whenever, like, they're, like, Foley and stuff... Where I was like, it's like, by God, that man is a family. Like, <laughs> that was literally my thing. I was like, that man does, in fact, have a family. I know for a fact he has a family. Punk and Joe have talked extensively about Chris Daniels' family. Uh, like, oh dear God, don't kill his their their father. And it's like, yeah, the winner. the mat is or mat or ring or whatever has like that slight give to it or whatever. But these people are still flying through the air, coming down on their chest. Yes, but that's also you, you factor in a. That's yeah, that's a regular match. This is also a ladder match, and also they're going through like fucking tables. They're going yeah. through fucking like at one point they go through part of the barricade, like it's batshit insane. <laughs> and like so yeah, so like the fact that like I mean all of them like definitely like like they they killed themselves for that match. But like Chris Daniels is like the standout because you're like that man is way too old to be doing this and he's only doing it clearly because he fucking loves us and god bless him for that so was that match five or four i got lost that was five that, that was, was five. five okay and you said four, you wanted to include four yeah so go right yeah into four is what i'm calling uh what they what they call it is super click mm-hmm. um because basically okay um there's okay i guess i have to explain the whole concept um there was a thing 
in New Japan still is a thing. It's the biggest thing in New Japan, Japanese wrestling in general, called Bullet Club, where it's essentially um, it's basically the NWO, like from back in the day, like WCW. Just um, the difference is that basically what they did because like the whole story of NWO was basically like you had these guys who were outsiders because they were like guys from WWF mm-hmm. who came down to WCW and were going to take over. Um, the thing is with Bullet Club was basically it's like it's in Japan and the whole point of it was it was a bunch of uh, gaijin which is Japanese for foreigner so it's basically like um, several white guys uh, a couple of Samoan guys like it's like but it's, but it's, it's all none of them are like, there's, there's one Japanese guy he's basically like the, the heel because he's Japanese and he's in Bullet Club just the way um, yeah <laughs> but like um, the like kind of in my mind kind of the central like face of book the original face of bullet club was prince devitt who's now known as finn balor and then he went to wwe and kind of the face became aj aj styles came in um and he was kind of at the top tier with uh, gallows and anderson and the young bucks um and then the top three of those went to wwe so then it became basically uh kenny omega became like the new guy the face of bullet club with the young bucks and also they brought in Adam Cole. And when you have um, the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega, it's called the Elite. Like that's like, the, cause they all hang out in real life and they call themselves the Elite. Mm-hmm. When you have the Young Bucks and uh, like, and Adam Cole, it's uh, Super Click. And this is this, I'm gonna say, for purposes of this, I'm gonna say Super Click, cause it was Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus uh, Ricochet, uh, Will Ospreay and Matt Seidel from Pro Wrestling Gorillas, uh, all, uh, Battle of Los Angeles, uh, night two, mm-hmm. where it was literally a match that made me write on Twitter. And I actually, the thing was hilarious that both Will Ospreay and Ricochet both like liked it and responded to it to me, which I thought was hysterical. Um, Cause I would just like, they are not real people. They are CGI characters. We're being <laughs> like told they're real people, but they're not real people. Cause there's no way else to explain what the fuck they're doing. That match is ludicrous. Like, it is. It's. I mean, for one thing, it's the first match to get five stars, and I think at least five years. For a, um, a rating system? There's a rating system to that. Yeah. Um. Basically, there's the Wrestling Observer. Um. Basically, Dave Meltzer, where um, every basically every match, like every show you watch, like, they get like these like there's a rating system, and. Like five stars, obviously the best and the most rare. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I don't, I don't think it's been on one at least five years, maybe four, but it's been a while. And um, this was the first one in years to get that. And granted, it's mostly because of the work rate, because they're literally like basically like just fucking just working at a pace that is psychotic and has no regard for like because in wrestling there's a thing called basically selling because basically they're obviously not really hurting each other but you always yeah. have to pretend it hurts because that's how you build um you build the apex so basically this thing whenever they do when they did this like shit like this there is no regard for selling basically it's like <laughs> you, you, selling selling is basically just that's that's out the window you're actually so, hurt now sorry you get paid <laughs> to do it not even like they, they don't even like if they are hurt they don't show even though i guess they did actually get hurt because um i was watching a periscope with um kenny omega the young bucks and adam cole not too long ago where he was like the um i can't remember which one is which but the dark-haired young buck um i want to say it was matt um basically said like he actually ended up hurting himself in that match hurting his neck 
And while he was doing the periscope, he got a text from his wife. She's like, oh, I'm really glad that's how I found out this happened. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> um, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine now. We're all good. <laughs> but yeah, so like they fucking just it was it was batshit insane and it was in at the end of the match they get like they got like a five-star match champ mm-hmm. and like ricochet would just like i don't know that's actually a five-star match or whatever but it's, as long as you guys appreciate it, it's all that really matters blah, blah blah but that match was just batshit insanity and i mean i originally like that's that's kind of makes me not want to include it and include something more technical but at the same time of just being true to myself like it was just I too just... it was too entertaining regardless of like the actual aspect of professional wrestling it was just so amazingly fun is exactly. my assumption of what you're saying because again exactly. i don't know what the hell technical wrestling means well technical wrestling is basically like i mean because basically if you bring it back like what wrestling really was it was like it goes back to like actual wrestling like like, like amateur wrestling where basically it's like two dudes like wrestling each other and mm-hmm. winner or whatever and then like as kind of time has gone on it becomes more and more theatrical like technical wrestling is dudes who just kind of literally just like kind of just work the mat essentially like oh okay just hitting each other a ton like like you're like you're well even not even that like mostly like holds and shit okay like a lot of like submission based like as in like, like bret hart like chris benoit like dean malenko mm-hmm. like mr perfect like you can go on and on and on mm-hmm. um but yeah so like it's not at all like a technical masterpiece but it's just it's it's really fucking enjoyable and i can't not fucking include it because it just it's who, it's too goddamn enjoyable um i i'm pretty confident in saying that uh the young i honestly don't remember that thing is like i don't really care <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just was, it. yeah i mean i feel like the faces one i feel like ricochet and will osprey and mass side l one purely because ricochet cut the post-match promo mm-hmm. but i honestly don't know like i honestly can't remember okay well, and I mean, I, I remember that the Bucks won um, the tag, uh, the tag title match, mm-hmm. be, uh, in Ring of Honor, like the the three way, because um, that made them, they're now champions, tag team champions for PWG, mm-hmm. tag team champions for New Japan, well, junior heavyweight tag team champions, and uh, tag team champions for Ring of Honor. So now they're triple. They have like they literally have a belt for each shoulder and a belt for their waist. That's dope. Did I, f- I forgot to ask. I saw your Facebook post and I didn't ask. Did the New Day lose? Sadly, yes. Oh, uh, but they had. Me. They just broke the record. Which is why I knew they were gonna lose. I was just hoping that like, because what I was really hoping was gonna happen was because the whole thing with the New Day is they basically start out as like this terrible gimmick baby faces like kind of this preacher positivity gimmick that everybody hated and then finally so so vince actually listened to the fans for once and turned them heel bad guys and then (laughs) i know what heel and face okay just making sure uh and then everybody's like they were so entertaining they basically they basically got turned back to being baby face without even really doing anything they were doing the same thing they just got turned back being baby face what i was hoping was going to happen was that they were going to keep the belts and basically just turn back heel and basically just keep that fucking thing going. Mm-hmm. Just like, until basically it finally ran out of steam. Like, God knows how many years that would be, but just keep holding on to those belts. But like, I knew that Vince was going to be like, yeah, you broke the record. Now it's time to get that fucking belt yeah, off you. Sometimes it's good to see people like crush records. Not just like, I'm one up, Danya. Like, I want to see you go 10 and 15 up. Oh, anyway, that's like, that's, I mean, that's the thing. That's why like, I wish like, that's not really the way WWE works. It was just like when, um, like when Finn Balor, like, um, or when, like, um, yeah, when Finn Balor broke Neville's, uh, 
NXT championship uh, like record. Mm-hmm. Like they almost immediately had him lose it. Like when um, Nikki Bella broke the Divas championship record, they almost immediately had her lose it. Oh, it's like I think the only person who actually held on to it for like past being breaking records mm-hmm. was Punk during his whole thing. Where basically when he finally lost it to The Rock. Uh, after like 434 days, um, it was the longest reign of. They kept saying that was the modern era, modern era, but it was the mo- longest reign since like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, oh, and we don't care about him. No, we don't. <laughs> Wait, and before and last thing I had to ask, uh, shit, what did you just say? Literally just said it. Oh, what, the, uh, no, CM Punk. Was is, is is there any word on what he's gonna do? Is he gonna come back to wrestling because he lost that UFC match, or is he gonna try to fight again? Or uh, apparently he's gonna try to fight again and i know uh mickey gall was saying he was just like i think it's gonna end the same way but i mean like good on him like he, if he just wants like... to try sure be do whatever you want but yeah that was not like a. it wasn't like it was like a he had a chance here he got beat pretty handedly in fairness though like it's like my friend mike who's a really hardcore uh ufc guy um he was he was he, he watched a lot of MMA. he's just like he's like honestly dude i don't i'm not saying punk shouldn't be there i'm saying that guy mm-hmm. is going to go on to be one of the greatest of all time oh, okay and you're gonna be like oh like this punk was just the first one yeah just like <laughs> another one that got he, beat by him whatever yeah, yeah like he's like mickey he's like he said he was just like he's like mickey y'all is the most talented fighter in this current crop of like coming up so he's like he he never had a chance, and that's not like anything against Punk. That's mm-hmm. against like Mickey Gall being a it, fucking. It was just scheduling, yeah. It's just how it happened. Is exactly. It was just they they need someone with no record to go with Punk, who had no record in UFC. Yeah. yeah. So they went with Mickey Gall, and there you go. Yeah. But now Mickey Gall's gonna destroy everybody, and then <laughs> Punk will look so bad. Well, I mean, hopefully he does. That way, there's like an easier way to say it. Uh, Indeed, I mean, and there was a rumor that like it's well, I mean, because it's, it's, everybody thought because like next next week. Uh, both Raw and SmackDown are in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody posted on Twitter where they were like, "Oh, so you're coming back to WWE in uh, Chicago, <laughs> right? Because it coincide with John Cena's big uh, return." And he's like, "Of course." And I was just like, "Yeah, of course you are. Like, don't <laughs> don't troll me, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So slide to me because I got all jazzed up talking yeah. about it. Football and my love hate relationship with it this this season. I was talking to we were talking to one of my buddies earlier, Ryan, and I was saying that. This year is like the year of mediocrity in the NFL. I know you don't follow the NFL at all or really any sports side of professional wrestling, which... Hockey. I follow hockey. Yeah, okay, you follow it loosely. Like, during playoffs, you get more into it. But during the season, it's just like, how are they doing? Okay, cool. Yeah. So... I don't have TV. Basically, that's the best I can do, really. (laughs) So so this year, for example, the New England Patriots are 12-2. and And don't get me wrong, the Patriots are... They've got Tom Brady. I mean, you can't really argue with them having another winning season. But it's not anything impressive. Like, Gronkowski sitting out. Their defense is surprisingly the best thing about him. The offense is just... Tom Brady's just middle of the pack again. And I know people are probably going to be like, yeah, but he's got 30-something touchdown. No, screw you. He's having average games. He's not having these, like, breakout 400-yard, four-touchdown games like he used to have. It's just kind of going through the motions. And he's 38 years old people i'm not holding it against him but the point of it is some of the games they played like the one they just played against the broncos they beat them 16 to 3 and it's like okay yeah but most of those points i think it was one touchdown and the rest came from field goals and it's against the freaking broncos who have a rookie quarterback who at the beginning of the season looked promising but is trash now and i think they've i think he actually got benched like a week ago or some shit i don't remember 
but between there's no team that can't be beat so there's them and then the second seed is oakland at 11 and 3 and i think like half the games this season have been decided in the fourth quarter for oakland where they've had a come from behind victory which you can't do every game you can't like go into the fourth quarter losing every game and expect your team to come back like in the playoffs that's a recipe for disaster you're you're gonna fucking lose and uh on the nfc side you have dallas at 12 and 2 with a bunch of rookies who honestly i think is the best team in the league that ryan disagreed with me on and a bunch of people disagree with me on and i hate dallas so i don't enjoy saying that but after them, it's Seattle at nine four and one, Atlanta at nine and five, Detroit at nine and five, and the Giants at ten and four. Like every year, there's the Patriots because they go to the Super Bowl always, uh, and then there's a bunch of like phenomenal teams that can't be beat. One year it was the Chiefs went like fifteen and one, the Packers went fifteen and one, the P- Carolina Panthers last year went fifteen and one, the Broncos are well when they had Peyton. Uh, we're always at winning seasons, 12 wins at least. Like every year there's that team that can't be beat and you know they're going to go and then there's some freak thing happens in the playoffs. This year, it's just boring to me. Every game is just the same old shootout or defensive standoff. You don't, which I guess for someone who's really interested in like stats and stuff has a good time with it, but I like blowouts. (laughs) The thing I like about the NFL is kind of like what you like about football is the theatrical like, the wrestling or wrestling sorry yet is like the big monster team destroys the smaller guy or vice versa the come from behind victory i that love is not what i like or if no, i like that i would no, not no. want to kill myself with the goldberg rock left <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true but in wrestling it's super like hyped up and all this stuff whereas in football right now it's just like okay they punted okay field goal all right, another field goal, tied it up, and oh, four and out, they punted, okay. Like, it's boring as shit to me. I don't want to watch these games where it's 24-23 at the end and I didn't get any excitement out of it. Like, I want, so the Packers this year, the people call me not a real fan. I'm a huge Packers fan, but I take everything as realistically as possible. So when there's a bad game, I'm like, all right, they fucked up here. Yeah, that was awful. That was terrible. And at work, there's like four different guys there who are Packers fans, and they like cuss me out and tear me down because, oh, no, you got to believe in your team, and Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback, and no, he'll come back, and he'll win this. And I'm like, just just watch the games. He's, he's shaky. He's unconfident. He's thrown, even though it's only seven interceptions, like – it's uncharacteristic for what I expect from him. Last year, I think he ended with five, or the year before that, he ended with five. Uh, he has the best touchdown-to-interception ratio ever, and every time I watch him throw one, I cringe, which is pathetic because they still win games, and I call it a failure if he throws an interception. I'm like, you're, you're better than this, Aaron. You're better than this. But no, I'm, that's going to lead into a point I have later that I'll talk in between your next matches. I just feel the NFL is super boring right now. I am not entertained at all. I still follow it weekly, and I still root for my team, and I still am excited for the playoffs, but it's getting me nowhere. I will say to your point, like the thing that I used to try to explain to people, like whenever I do it, like um, when I like wrestling, and they're like, oh, it's like, oh, that fake shit. Like, that's why I like MMA. I'm like, I like MMA too, but the thing about, like, the, the example I've used a million times is basically, like, there was the fight between uh, Chael Sonnen and uh, Anderson Silva where it literally went to, like, the last seconds of the fifth round. Like, Chael Sonnen landed, like, 300 blows to, like, a dozen from Silva. Basically, Silva was basically just defending the whole fight. Yeah. The very, very end... 
like uh, Silva gets like a fucking triangle choke locked in. And, and I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, and, and he's forced to tap out. And so like basically for a fucking year, I think it was a year, maybe it was two years, Chael Sonnen is just like fucking constantly calling him out, like basically talking about how he wants a rematch. And after like a ridiculous length of time, he finally gets his rematch. And when he gets his fucking rematch, it's over in like the second round. Like get two minutes in off some stupid thing that Chael Sonnen tries to do a spinning back fist, he misses, and Silva makes him eat it. And I was like, see, that's the bullshit. Because in wrestling, if I wait like a fucking year for something, <laughs> it's gonna be fucking amazing when I get it. Like, or at least they're gonna do their best to try. Yeah. It's like it's like um during the whole like the like just the first example that popped in my head, um in Ring of Honor, there was basically a whole it was a year long storyline where there was a tag team of Kevin Steen, who now is WWE is Kevin Owens. And uh, El Generico, who is now in WWE, is uh, Sami Zayn. Um, but where they literally, like, they were a tag team, and they had the titles, they lost the titles, and then, like, they end up, that Steen turns on Generico, and they have a whole year of basically building to this match between the two of them, where basically at first it's, like, basically, like, Generico won't fight Steen, and when he finally gets over that hump, and basically he just can't beat Steen. And then finally it comes down to basically, like, if Steen loses, he's out of Ring of Honor. If Jericho loses, he loses his mask and therefore whatever, which in retrospect is not that bad of a thing because he's a good looking dude, as you can see in WWE. But at but... the time, it was a huge deal. Yeah. Because um, basically, it's like um, in Mexico, if you lose your mask, like that's a huge dishonoring thing that you, you don't want to happen. Yeah. Um, and Steen lost. Steen had to lose, leave Ring of Honor. Um, he was gone for, I think it was a year. It was definitely close. Um, and like it's like the reason like like while it's like it becoming a whole thing, but like that whole match like the fact that it built to that, it's like it's like when I wait a year and I'm finally getting the fruition of that, it's like fuck yes. Whereas in UFC I'm waiting a year or two years, whatever the fuck it was, and then the fruition is just like done in two minutes. I'm like, well, what the fuck then? Like, yeah. why, why did I wait? Um, so that's the only thing is like it is what it is, but that's just whatever. But yeah, the number three. Oh, hold on, before uh, you jump into that. Yeah. You, uh, it was like you. It, the thing that I would compare to that because the Silva one was your example, is I did not like watching Ronda Rousey fight. It was it. She had four matches in a row that combined didn't last two minutes. Like, don't get me wrong. It's impressive that she's amazing, but at the same time, people are paying. I don't know how much pay per view is, but it's more than I want to pay, and it's just done. Well, yeah, but you know that's how professional wrestling started, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. But, but that's well, why basically, I don't watch professional wrestling back then. Well, no, I wasn't alive. No, no, no. <laughs> this, yeah, this is basically like like way like back in like the like God, like fucking like back in like the strong men days. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have like legit like shoot wrestling matches, like, it was, like and they would go for hours and end up as draws because you're these are your two top guys in the world and blah yeah. blah. blah. It's, like, it's like the Olympics, and so basically like the, there like one day there was a guy who was like hey, can you lose at X time, whatever? Like, basically take a dive. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. So they did. And then it kind of snowballed from there into what we know now. But as I'm saying, like, what they do in UFC, it's like you're fighting for real. So, of course, you're going to try to put this fucking person as down quick as fast as you, you can, possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. So you're making, that's how you make money. Like, yeah, but I just, I guess I don't really care to see people punching each other in the face unless it's for some sort of, like, story. Because I'm not a wrestling fan, but I will give it that because my brother loves UFC uh, and a bunch of my friends really like UFC. And they're like, yeah, but because it's real. I'm like, I don't give a shit if it's real. It's just too... I could just go like to New York City and watch two people punch each other in the face for free. I don't give a damn about UFC. At least in wrestling, it's a story and there's like 
relationships and backdrops and all this sort of stuff that people don't realize build up to you're watching a movie every week exactly that's why i thought it was funny it was like um there was one time that i always remember um i was at my grandmother's house and like we were flipping through channels whatever and i stopped on smackdown and um she's just like oh wrestling i can't stand this fake like garbage i'm just like you understand the Law and Order episode we were just watching isn't a fucking documentary, right? Like I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> what? You mean Ice T isn't out solving sex crimes right now? Like it's all fucking fake. So why the fuck? Like I mean that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's like the thing. Like I always recommend to people who don't watch wrestling to watch um, Max Landis's short film Wrestling Isn't Wrestling because basically he explains basically it's like that's the whole point is it's like it's it's a television show about a wrestling show like. It's not. It's basically it's more in common with a like Game of Thrones than it does with UFC, because mm-hmm. the whole point is that it's about the characters. It's not about the fucking like athletic competition, because there it's like it, the characters included in it include like Undertaker, who is an undead wizard, like <laughs> <laughs> Finn Balor, who like morphs into a demon king, like yeah. when he like has big matches. Like it doesn't pretend to be like reality, and like that's the, that's why I think it's funny when people are like. It's about like being fake, but well, no shit. Like, so is Game of Thrones, but you enjoy that. That's fucking dragons on it. That, I, those I, aren't I, real things. I don't enjoy that. I've never seen it. So, another topic for like, another day. Match yeah. number three. Um, really, I mean, you could include all of um this series. Um, I, the one I'm picking is uh from SummerSlam, AJ Styles versus John Cena. Because I mean, there's one a thing, John that was, Cena match in your top five. Ugh. Okay, in fairness, Shocker. in the last couple the last couple of years, John Cena has actually been fucking he's been like the fucking actual almost like an internet darling for the first time in his life because he actually has really good matches with like a lot of kind of guys who like he he's not he's kind of in the position that Triple H was in and Triple H chose to be a douchebag for a little bit longer mm-hmm. before he started putting people over. John Cena is like I've already made hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> I am the biggest star in this business. I can put some people over. Like it's fine. Yeah. I can like I can lose a couple times to make people into bigger stars. Yeah. And he has been doing that. Oh, okay. I was actually that was actually gonna be my follow up question. Is he still just winning everything? But no, that's the thing. Is like the, that was like the the whole like LOL Cena wins like meme for a long time. Yeah. But like like that's the whole thing is that he put over AJ Styles twice. Mm-hmm. Like and like the, the one the match I picked in the SummerSlam match is like because that's the thing is like last year or the year before last I can't remember but like when Kevin Owens came in. So the first match, Kevin Owens beats John Cena, and everyone's just like, oh, my fucking God. And then the second match, John Cena wins. I'm like, all right. And then, <laughs> you can't have and your cake like, and eat it too, Patrick. What I'm saying, and then the third match, then John Cena wins again. I'm like, well, then what the fuck was the point of him winning the first fucking time? Like, why didn't we just fucking just nip this in the butt at the beginning, then? What the fuck? Um, I guess. But, like, this thing, well, that was the whole thing with, like, AJ was basically, like, um, AJ beats him and I'm just like okay but let's see where this goes <laughs> keep your heart rate down don't get too excited <laughs> and then like the next match they have is basically like a six man tag where AJ ends up losing the scene I'm like fucking A and then it's like a SummerSlam like they build like the third match I'm just like please god I asked for so little <laughs> and then like AJ fucking wins and I was just like and that was just holy a fucking it was just a one on one like center stage yep. match okay yep it was one of like it was and it was probably the best match that happened on a SummerSlam which granted isn't I mean, actually, no. I mean, it actually is a decently high bar because you also have like Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor that night. Is is uh, SummerSlam the one that The Rock shows up to every single time? No, okay. <laughs> he doesn't show up to anything every t- single time. For a couple of years, he re- he was at WrestleMania like, every that, year. Okay, but... WrestleMania. I know the most famous one I couldn't remember, but that's okay. Continue on. <laughs> SummerSlam is basically the WrestleMania of the summer. 
Wait, when's WrestleMania take place? WrestleMania is uh, usually um, basically beginning of like spring. Oh, okay. And then basically, um, SummerSlam usually happens at the end of summer. Um, but yeah, so they had their fucking like they they had this match that was really epic, and I I think I even said to Justin after it was over, I was just like, okay, so now they have to give AJ a title shot because I mean after you beat John Cena, like, that's basically the same thing as being a champion. Like, you're beating this, like, fucking 15-dime champion. You're beating the face of the fucking company. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it's the way that I think it wouldn't have happened, I don't feel like, a couple of years ago. Because, like, um, the whole thing is basically, like, back in the day, there was kind of a, it was not subtle. That basically, like, even when, like, WWE brought in people from other, like, places, like, whether it be Japan, whether it be Ring of Honor, whether it be TNA, wherever, wherever it was, basically, like, they would basically have to essentially basically start from the bottom and like sometimes they would make it to the top but usually don't make it past the mid card because vince really will never never go with somebody that he didn't create um he's a jackass because he's a control freak and i, I mean I, my term but continue <laughs> um but yeah and like the last couple of years i think it's a big part of his triple h um while well, he's like basically what he was doing with nxt is basically like taking people from other places and just letting them be who they are. Like, because there's a reason that they became popular. It's like, there's a reason, like, those characters they built, that's the fucking point. That's why they, they are, they, you shouldn't make them start from scratch, because that's the whole thing. Is like, when you bring in AJ Styles as number three in the Royal Rumble, and the whole crowd loses their shit and is like chanting AJ Styles the whole match, like, it would be really stupid to have him drop down in the mid card and just kind of have to start from the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact they've kind of instantly put him in the main event, and now he's that he's been the champion of SmackDown for like months mm-hmm. is not something that would have happened a couple of years ago. Like not even like might not have, it would not have happened a couple of years ago and him beating John Cena is something I don't think would have happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's just this, we were kind of in the perfect time where kind of everything is kind of coming together in a really nice way where it's basically it's, it's more about the fans than about people's egos, which I really do enjoy. And do you want me to go into number two or do you want no, me to just no, to like, I got something. Okay. So uh, a thing about, uh, sensational journalism which pisses me right the fuck off because it applies to sports give me let me get there so in wrestling like there's these over the tops promos and all this like in the middle of the ring they're calling each other out and saying i slept with your wife okay maybe they didn't say that but anyways they're calling each other out and saying a bunch of fun stuff and uh in the nfl there's been a few instances and it's happening right now with the packers which is why i wanted to talk about it the Oh, what was it? 2013? I'm not even going to try to pretend like I remember the year. It was a few years ago. The Packers started 2-2. Two and two. And if anything goes wrong in sports right now or right, ESPN jumps on it so hard. Like, beginning of the season, Dax Prescott was, you know, he won. He lost the first, and then he started his win streak where they won 11 straight or 10 straight. And people are like, oh, my God, is this the next dynasty? Are they going to win every Super Bowl ever, and is he our MVP permanently? And uh, that kind of stuff pisses me off. So a couple years ago, the Packers started 2-2, two and two and they called him out because it was it – was, uh, they won the Super Bowl – the following year they went 15 and 1 and then this year they start 2 and 2 so everybody's panicking like they were supposed to be a super team. And Aaron Rodgers most famous thing ever is he told every he told the media and his team relax. So like Packers fans bought shirts and carried signs with like R dash E dash you know all the way and they were like showing it off and everyone was freaking out and the Packers ended up going to the uh NFC. Yeah, they made it deep into the playoffs. I can't remember how far. 
So Balls this, deep. So this year, I feel like I'm watching a goddamn wrestling match. Like, so the Packers started off decent. They won like their first two, whatever. It's not impressive. But whenever a team wins more than one game in a row, they lose their shit. So Packers are down. They're four and four. They were supposed to be the NFC North favorite, and it is not looking as such. And everyone's freaking out, and they're saying, what happened to the Packers? And Aaron Rodgers goes on uh, in one of his interviews, and he says, um, you know, everybody, it's okay. We're, our offense is slowly getting into a rhythm, which he'd been saying every single week before this, and they managed to lose, so it meant nothing to me. Uh, and he's like, I think we could run the table. And I remember reading an ESPN article like, the Packers have lost their shit. They're gonna, they're, there's no way they could run the table. Do you really think they've got it together? Is Aaron Rodgers the MVP he used to be? Because he has two, by the way. Just saying. And... I, I was like, all right, whatever. I knew this was going to happen. So the Packers win one, and then they win two, and then they win three. And now they're up, and they're at eight and four. They've won four in a row. They have a chance for the NFC North. And all these goddamn ESPN articles going, you know, this is the team we wanted, Aaron Rodgers MVP candidate, which he is. I'm not dogging on him. He's an MVP candidate. He leads the league in touchdowns, but that's not the point. I absolutely hate how in a matter of four weeks, the entire dynamic of a team, regardless of if they're winning and losing, is dictated by some shitty journalist making some bold claims that hold no water. <laughs> I don't like it, and I don't want... Because, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Michael Floyd for the Arizona Cardinals, who's a douchebag, he got a DUI two weeks ago, and the Cardinals cut him, and the Patriots picked him up. And it's like, yeah, the dude is the second-best receiver on the Cardinals, so I, I would expect another team to pick him up, and the Patriots being the Patriots it's like oh great you just here give them a Super Bowl ring but <laughs> all the articles around it when it very first happened were like you know okay another guy getting in trouble another NFL star doing something stupid like what do you what do you want from me and, and as soon as they cut him I read an article that was like over the top proud of the Cardinals and then I read an, immediately another one that was over the top disappointed in the Cardinals like yeah, everybody gets down on their luck sometimes you know what are you gonna do he only drove drunk and so what turned out to be the big deal was he had a BAC of 0.217 the dude probably couldn't have seen five feet in front of him <laughs> so again immediately after that comes out the switch gets flipped again to how could the Patriots pick him up how could this guy you know this and that and the other I was like, can we just breathe for a minute? Like, I, I don't want to read 12 articles that contradict each other every week and never know where the guys stand. In my, like, it makes me change my own personal opinion too much, not in the best, like, I'm watching this guy or this story or this team develop. It's just that all these freaking dumbass articles building all this hype that get me nowhere. It's like I'm, know, I'm, getting a, like I'm getting a handy for like 10 minutes and I'm like, this is getting really good. And then some big Russian man walks in. He's like, hold on, let me finish this off. And like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden a supermodel walks in. She's like, no, no, I'm back. Don't you worry <laughs> about it. It's like, do I let the Russian dude tug it for a minute so that the model can get in on this? Or do I just give up? It's a weird analogy. No, it's no, it's, weird... it's, totally, <laughs> it's totally the perfect analogy. You just got to think about it. Or not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's weird. <laughs> but what's, what's my like? My whole thing is like, I don't know. For me, it's like what people will do with their personal lives. I don't fucking care. I mean, like sometimes it makes me like like the more like, if they like cool shit. Like like that's a reason, big part of the reason I like punk was because he was a guy who also likes like punk and comic books and like yeah. all the same shit as me. I, but I it's have... like Chris Benoit killed his fucking family. <laughs> and I still like Chris Benoit. So I mean, as a like, wrestler, <laughs> exactly. I mean, like 
as a character. Like it's like I'm saying, okay, like yeah. I don't like. It's not like I like I worship the ground he walks on. Like I'm like he did a horrible fucking thing. And I mean, I definitely think that like WWE kind of like. I'm not saying they. I don't know. I feel like it's a weird situation because really, you like, basically you like if you talk positively about him you're like what the fuck like he yeah. killed his family oh no i did that to you the first time we ever mentioned him <laughs> we got in <laughs> we just always brought it up but anyways but i'm saying but like that's the, but it's just like it's but it's a situation where like if you if you didn't just ignore it like what do you do at that point because yeah. like i would like them to be able to mention like his like good things but i don't really like i mean to people who like if you're growing up watching the network right now mm-hmm. like it's cool if you're watching his work and you like it. Like, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't necessarily think you should be, like, encouraged to, like, look into Chris <laughs> Benoit. So, like... Yeah, I mean, and that happens in sports all the time. You had Tiger Woods. You had him do his thing. Ray Rice. See, I was on the side of Ray Rice, which sounds terrible, so let me explain myself. Ray Rice punched his wife out. <laughs> like, not, like, domestic abuse and he gave her a black eye. He knocked her out cold in an elevator, and that's a little, <laughs> it's a little intense. So... After So he got a fine from the NFL, but he still got to play. Then the video came out, and he got banned from the NFL. Or not banned. He got released from the Ravens, and he got a suspension for one year or some shit. I don't remember the exact. And I didn't want to justify what he did. But he everyone already knew. Just because I had to watch it on TV didn't make it any worse to me. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fucking awful, but I thought it was awful in the beginning. He knocked out his wife. I did, this doesn't change my opinion. You already find him. You already reprimanded him. So I was always hoping that he would get picked up, which he never did, and he's still trying to get back, apparently, in the NFL, which he's young. I think he's like 28 or something. or I don't know. I'll look it up later. We'll do like an Edgema Corrections thing when this podcast gets bad. Like if people ever say what you said was wrong, we'll reference it in the next episode. So I was always on the side or or the Michael Vick thing. He went to prison. He did his time and he came back um, of I'm watching them to be entertainers. If they do something dumb on their own time, they get reprimanded like everyone else should. Obviously, rich people don't get reprimanded in the same way mostly, but... You know, he got fined. He got his suspension. Now just let him go back to do his job. Him and his wife are still together. Hopefully they worked it out. I mean, that's what they're trying to say. They donate all their money to, to like, uh, well, not all of it, but they donated a ton of money. They donated an absurd amount of money. Like, the dude was not the highest paid running back, and he was giving away millions of dollars to, like, domestic abuse. Um, I was like, just give him his shot back. Let him come back. I get it, but I wa- he was a very dynamic runner, and I want to see him run through people again. Don't make this a fucking political thing. Ah, it's so I, that got off track. But anyways, I absolutely hate when someone get because my friends at work are calling Aaron Rodgers an MVP candidate at work, and when I tell them they're wrong, they they rip me down because I'm supposed to be a Packers fan. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to be realistic and not get. You know how excited I get about random shit. Like, hey Kevin, want to go get Smashburger after this? I'm like, oh my god, I can't think about anything <laughs> else for the rest of the day. I'm so, I don't want to get myself like that about something that doesn't matter. <laughs> like it's football it's gonna happen every week i'll still watch it don't get go don't get my dick hard right now okay give me a minute are you ready to go to number two now yes match number two i gotta breathe i'm getting hot over here i gotta bring it down i mean the number two was honestly i didn't it was my favorite it was my number one for like the last uh eight eight months um i didn't i'm not seven months maybe but it was like it, I didn't think it was going to get beaten. I genuinely didn't. And, like, because it's, as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's but, only number two of the year? 
Yep. Okay, I'm excited um, for number one. Hype, yeah. uh, <laughs> Hype beast in this thing. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, number two, like it's uh, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura from NXT TakeOver Dallas, where it was your first appearance of Shinsuke Nakamura on WWE, who I was always a big fan of in New Japan, because mm-hmm. you can't really not be. If you watch, just seriously, like YouTube Nakamura, and you can't fucking be like, that guy's amazing. Like, that guy, <laughs> like he's basically like if like Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson were formed into an Asian man. <laughs> And that Asian man was a professional wrestler. And wrestling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, he has that level of showmanship. Oh, okay. And you can't fucking, like, you, he's, the, he's, I would say, honestly, as charismatic as The Rock. Really? Like, yeah. Like, when I first saw him in New Japan, it was Wrestle Kingdom. I can't remember if it was 9 or 10. But I was like, that fucking guy is amazing. I was like, that fucking guy should be the biggest star in the world. And then, like, when WWE signed him, I'm like, well, that's fucking cool. I wonder if they'll use him right. And, like, the, the, it, was, it was the first match with him and WWE, and it was the last match of Sami Zayn in NXT, which is where he had kind of made his whole, like, identity. Wait, so Nakamura is a WWE roster, and Zayn's in NXT, so they put a WWE against the NXT to push him up to the WWE? Okay, basically NXT is WWE's developmental um, mm-hmm. territory. Where basically, like they, it's where they send people. Like, it used to be, basically, it was all just kind of guys who they had picked up from other places. Semi pros, essentially, or guys. Basically, it was usually basically it was guys from indies that you kind of so you get them to basically to be the WWE style, mm-hmm. and then you move them with the main roster, like main main WWE roster. So it's still WWE. It's just it's not. It's, it's it's its own thing because it's kind of it's it's like it's kind of tucked away. If you don't watch the network, you don't really know it's there. It's like the first two hours of UFC pay per view. That's a bunch of fighters who are like oh and four, three and one, and you're just like okay, yeah, I'll watch this. Sure, except for like right now, NXT is oh, kind of yeah. the thing that yeah, I know how hard you think about NXT. Like, yeah. You love it. Every NXT, every fucking wrestling fan does. And that's the whole thing. Is like so basically, it was like the first WWE match, or the first NXT match for um nakamura in the last nxt match for Sami Zayn, and it was it's very rare that something actually lives up to my expectations when they're that massive because mm-hmm. i literally i couldn't even control them because i was just like because it's like Sami Zayn has been one of my favorite wrestlers for a really long time and nakamura's been one of my favorite wrestlers for a really long time so like like a perfect example is actually i think it was yeah it was this year as well because the match making a lot of people's lists um where it was nakamura versus aj styles at wrestle kingdom basically before everybody knew they were about to leave um but they it's like those are two of my favorite wrestlers ever so i was just like i was so excited and i saw it it's not i'm not saying it's a bad match it's a it's a good match it's a really good match but my expectations were so high that it did not live up to that mm-hmm. this match lived up to my expectations and then some like as i said it literally is like one of the best things i've ever seen it's it's if i it's, it's like if i was really going to show wrestling to somebody who had never seen wrestling i would show them that match as part of like maybe a couple others, but like that is kind of like the Steamboat um, Macho Man match, WrestleMania three, where basically like wrestling becomes art. Okay. So like, like it's, between I, the story and the wrestling and the showmanship and just everything. It's everything came together and it's just uh, it's fucking who, who it's, won it's, it? it's uh, it ended up well yeah Nakamura had to win because basically like and also the thing is that was the first match that Nakamura had. And it was his first win, and he basically kept winning until like a month ago, when he lost his title to Joe for like a week. Samoa, and then yeah, okay, which annoys the shit of me because it was it's the first misstep I feel like we have 
Triple H, because usually Triple H in NXT is pretty flawless booking. Um, that was the one thing that pissed me off. I was like, if you're going to have him lose and immediately win, win, win the belt back, I was like, then just don't have him lose in the first fucking place. Like, I know you wanted to have like a big thing and have him win the belt in Japan. I get it. But no, just don't do that. <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> looks shitty. How about we just stop while we're ahead? But yeah, that was the start of Nakamura's rise. And he's basically kind of taking Finn Balor's place as kind of the face of NXT for a while. Mm. I feel like Joe is probably going to get moved up come the Royal Rumble next month. Ah, okay. All right. So I'm going to make this one short and we'll get on to okay. your number one because I want to hear the number one. Okay. The, so is there awards in, in wrestling? Is there like an end of the year MVP slash best comeback player slash whatever? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like, okay. There's okay. I have to explain what kayfabe is. Um, kayfabe is basically like um, like in the wrestling like world, like like you know, like the, like in WWE's universe, where like Roman Reigns really like the toughest guy in the world and shit. Yeah. Because um, and is. not just it's the tattoo on the arm. It's basically a bionic arm. Like <laughs> um, WWE has the Slammy Awards. Um, where basically it's like every year they basically like, the cheesiest thing I've ever. You are not <laughs> wrong. Whatever. Uh, All right, um, continuing. Although I do like the fact that that's the one they do have. Uh, they used to just give them out basically as like a thing. Now they have the fans vote on them. Okay, that's cool. Which, which I do like just by virtue of the fact that like it occasionally clearly flies in the face of what Vince wants, <laughs> where it's like. Um, like when it was, I think it was last year that like Neville won like the best newcomer or whatever of the year, and there was like, who would who would they what? have expected it to be? I don't even remember, but I was just like, I they clearly weren't really didn't really have big plans for it because they, they didn't even use them after that. They were, they were just like, we weren't planning on using that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Enjoy your award. <laughs> um, and like where like Rollins was a bad guy, but he won Superstar of the Year because mm-hmm. he's fucking amazing. You can't hate him even if you like. So he's exactly um but there's also like um there's also the pro wrestling illustrated have awards which are kind of kayfabe and then also uh the wrestling observer newsletter uh has awards those are the ones that usually people take seriously like basically whenever somebody says like a match of the year candidate usually it's like they're talking about like for that award like it's like if you if you win that you basically have the match of the year it's kind of like it's kind of like winning best picture yeah where it's like I can have mine, but like the one who actually has the statue is that. Got it. Uh, so the reason I wanted to bring that up because the NFL has a ton of awards. Obviously, every sports thing does uh, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Rookie of the Year, <laughs> Comeback Player of the Year. There's a whole, I think I already said that one, but there's a whole list of them. <laughs> and uh, the NFL has this thing where, or at least it feels like it they won't give one guy more than one award regardless of how good he is. For example, a rookie will not win rookie of the year, defensive play of the year, and MVP. Like, that's impossible to ever happen. Mainly because they don't give defensive people MVPs, which is bullshit. J.J. Watt should have won it a few years ago, but whatever. Um, But then the one that they do, obviously, every year is the Pro Bowl, which is best best, uh, people at their positions play a game in February the week after the Super Bowl. No, week before. It used to be one, and now it's the other. I can't remember if they play it right before the week before the Super Bowl or if they play it the week after the Super Bowl. I want to say it's before, but I could be wrong. And Jordy Nelson got fucking snubbed for the Pro Bowl, and it pisses me off. He's a, he's a candidate for Comeback Player of the Year. He had a tour at ACL last year, MCL, maybe both, maybe only one of them. Who cares? The thing in your knee that takes you out of sports for a year. And Rollins uh, had the same thing. Yeah, Rollins yeah, and he was out of wrestling of, yeah. for a year. Yeah. I remember that. Um, 
And so he comes back, and he's got—he's a candidate for comeback player of the year because he leads the NFL in reception touchdowns right now with twelve, which is fucking awesome. Because that's—I—it's it, just what's more important in a game than scoring the touchdown? You know, it's like it, it, who cares how many yards you have? How well? Okay, there is a couple stats that are really impressive, like yards after contact, which is always my favorite. Because right now, Ezekiel Elliott, who is the MVP, an, an MVP candidate, I should say, he might not win it, but. Uh, for the he's the running back for the Cowboys, and if you watch the highlights this year, the uh, Cowboys have the best offensive line in the NFL. He doesn't even get touched half the time. He's just he just like oh look, there, it's basically track and field. Like there's an open lane, and I just have to run. Cool. <laughs> like I don't like that. That's not impressive to me. So yard after contact, which a lot of receivers have a little bit more than Jordy Nelson, but in general, he got beat out by people that i can't really argue with which is why it's so hard for me to be super pissed about it but i still think he got snubbed because he is leading uh julio jones best receiver in the nfl don't care what you say ryan miller if he's listening to this you son of a bitch he thinks antonio brown is the best receiver because he's a steelers fan ryan suck it deep julio jones is way better um so you got julio jones odell beckham jr who is a freak of nature but i don't believe i think he's a little bit overrated the dude his hand you he can catch anything even you've probably seen the highlight or the picture at least on facebook of him like jumping backwards catching the ball with one hand it's absurd it's one of the greatest catches ever but that's what like those are what he does on the regular it's just a normal game for him and then he'll have one of those catches and everyone blows up and freaks out like oh my god so whatever anyways i guess he deserves it mike evans on the tampa bay tampa bay sucks the buccaneers are the worst team ever but this year they're actually good Good for them. Yay, golf clap. I don't care. No one cares about the Bucks, And I can't remember who the fourth is. And if I can't remember who the fourth is, doesn't that mean it should be Jordan Nelson? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't. I really couldn't say. Well, he got, he got getting snubbed, and I don't like it. And now I'm getting sad. All right. <laughs> you hyped it up. Number one match of the year. Hit me with it. Like it was uh, at NXT TakeOver Toronto, you had um, the culmination of the feud between The Revival, who were, like, probably one of the best, like, tag teams in the world. And, actually, and the thing is, in a world where, like, because NXT is obviously all wrestling nerds, so basically, like, baby faces get pops, but usually heels get bigger pops because, I mean, if you're a really good heel, everyone loves you. In a world where that Or loves is, to hate you. Oh. No, that's the thing. Is oh, everybody okay. doesn't that, – that's the thing that's what I'm about to say – is like in a world where that's the norm, uh, the revival are actually managed to get boobs. Like they, 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 people fucking hate them. I mean, we all secretly love them, but people will boo the crap of them because they're such good fucking heels. And then you have the culmination of this, where basically like kind of the underdog team of DIY, of uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, who are just basically just it was basically they, they picked two random dudes from the indies. Like, um, not to say that not, not, not anything against their talent because they obviously they got far in the Indies because of how good they are, mm-hmm. but they were never a tag team. They never really worked together that much because they were just in kind of different places. Like Johnny Gargano was mostly in Evolve, um, Chamba was kind of all over the place, mostly in Ring of Honor. Um, but when they came to WWE, they put them together, and at first it was kind of a thrown together tag team, and then they kind of as they kind of kind of gained momentum as it went on, um, they got into like this feud with um, the Revival. And they had like a match of the year candidates um, at Brooklyn this year um, for SummerSlam weekend. Um, it was a really, really, really fucking good match. Um, 
but the match they had in Toronto literally made me forget everything <laughs> that I that I know about wrestling and let me watch it as a fan. Like I was butting down on like every near fall. I'm like, it's like one, two, oh my God, like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? And like every time, like it would look like somebody was like, gonna like, lose, I'm like, no, no, oh yeah. Whatever. <laughs> just like, it was like, it literally had me like on the edge of my seat, like losing my shit, which is what you want. It's just like when you watch oh, a yeah, movie and you want to forget watching, you're watching a movie and you just kind of like, get in the story and like completely forget the exact same thing happened. Where like the last one, like the number two, uh, the Zane versus Nakamura, I mean, I'm watching it basically as a piece of art where basically I'm like, I know what they're doing and they're doing it really well. Like they're doing it better than anybody can. And then the revival versus DIY, it's literally making me completely forget that I'm watching something that I know how it is, like how it works, what it is, and making me a little kid hoping Hulk Hogan will kick the shit of Randy Savage for being such a <laughs> douchebag to him. Like, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so it's like... I can't not make that my number one. Cause like, after it was done, like I literally was just like, huh? Like I was like, cause I, I just, I was, I was really invested. And I was like, as soon as revival or as soon as revival lost, I was just like, so elated mm-hmm. that I'm just like, it was just like, holy fuck. Like, it's like, and it's not even that I'm like the hugest DIY fan. It's just the story they told was so fucking spectacular. Was it a that- single like standalone thing or was this built up over? Oh, it's built up. That's oh, okay. what I'm saying. It's basically been the story they've been telling okay. since, basically a little bit before Brooklyn and basically like, cause it's, cause I mean, that's the whole thing is they, they kind of had this, this feud kind of bubbling. And like the whole thing was during the dusty classic, um, the revival basically like say that they had to like, they had to bow out cause like, uh, they had a knee injury they couldn't possibly do it. Mm-hmm. But then they ended up costing, um, DIY their spot by screwing them over against the author of the pain. So it finally comes down to like this two out of three falls match. So that finally we come down to like winner take all, and we had this match and it's just it's a fucking thing of beauty like i would love to be able to say to like the like the my map of the year is zane versus Dr. Mark because it was for like so many months and then but this it, happened and it was just it's it's spectacular and i can't i'm not i feel no regret calling that my match of the year <laughs> it was it was just fucking spectacular I mean, I I do like wrestling. It's I have the same problem with res- with wrestling. Like, so for example, that match. Like, I want to watch all these things you're saying, but if you just sort of like, okay, here's some matches, and go sit on your couch by yourself and watch these, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Oh no, that thing is like that thing I noticed with Kevin uh, Cardinal is um basically because I would show him, I showed him all of um, I sat him down and made him watch um. NXT TakeOver Dallas because I was like because I was thinking like they, they, they the whole night it was the night before uh, WrestleMania mm-hmm. and um, when NXT was over that, that that night I was like this is everything I love about wrestling and then WrestleMania happened I was like and this is everything I hate about wrestling mm-hmm. I was just like where it's hilarious to me like the fucking like B show like the little show is like just the coolest fucking thing in the world and then the big show like the grandest stage of them all is a show that mostly just suppresses me. Like, mm-hmm. with the exception of like two or three moments, like it was just like, why am I watching this? Like, this is fucking stupid, boring bullshit. I know what's gonna happen before it's done. Like, I don't, I'm not enjoying this, so why am I watching it? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, that's like, so basically I made Kevin sit down and watch um, TakeOver Dallas, and I showed him like a bunch of like random matches here and there for like the last couple of years, because he hasn't watched in a while. And he's like, we ended up talking about it. He's like, well, that's the thing though. Is I really don't care about matches. Like I care about like stories. Yeah. He's like he's like that's the thing that always hooked me in WWE was he was just like it was like the backstage segments that like lead to that, and I was like okay. So then I ended up showing him um, 
basically like as much as I could with WWE Network, just kind of piecing it together. Um, basically, the, the Daniel Bryan story, um, leading up to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. basically where he like he won the belt SummerSlam, Triple H screws him over, forms the Authority. He's like hitting against the fucking glass ceiling, trying to get back to where he was, get back to being the champion. Finally, at WrestleMania, he's the guy. He's like he's the culmination. Mm-hmm. And then I also showed him uh, the breakup of the Shield and the subsequent. Um, feud between uh ambrose and rollins and um so like that these are like the best stories the last couple of years like i was like probably my favorite story the last couple of years was ambrose and rollins because that was actually a story whereas the brian daniels thing was basically just like they clearly as much as they're now like oh yeah no we had a plan the whole time they clearly were just like we don't fucking care about this little midget <laughs> like it's like we, we we put him there because like basically to shut you guys the fuck up but basically like the plan was have him lose to randy orton a couple times and have like john cena rise back up and be like oh hey look at the guy that's oh yeah isn't he awesome fuck the little midget guy that guy is the guy <laughs> hey, right midget's a derogatory term okay <laughs> and then he well yeah that's, that's like the whole like the, the reason i use it is like there's a kind of a a thing that everybody kind of knows um where one time kevin nash when he was uh backstage at uh wcw referred to eddie guerrero as a vanilla midget there you go and like eddie guerrero who is one of the greatest of all time but it just shows you these fucking people's attitudes Mm -hmm. where it's like you could be the best fucking wrestler in the world but like when you're like in these fucking like ivory towers you just look down on these fucking people yeah and it's that's what i'm saying it's like like basically that was the thing with brian nelson and it ended up being like Literally, the only time in my life I've seen Rey Mysterio get booed was the year of the Royal Rumble when people finally realized that Brian Danielson was not going to be in it. Because like, <laughs> Rey came in at number 30, uh-huh. and everybody just immediately would just like, shit all over him and shit over the whole rest of the match because they were like, no, fuck you. This is what we want, and you're now ignoring us. You're yeah. literally ignoring us. And the other thing is, like, so the like, WWE was just like, oh fuck <laughs> so then they basically like they were like well, we can't not do it now because everybody's shitting all over Batista versus Randy Orton so we had no, no baby face in our top match we can't have heel versus heel main event yeah. so then they end up kind of putting Brian Danielson there but it was very clearly never the plan so it's like the whole thing with Rollins and Ambrose was clearly a plan and it was honestly one of the best storylines since like fucking the example I just used of like um, the mega powers explode mm-hmm. with uh, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. Basically, that was a year-long storyline that built into that match at WrestleMania Five. Um, this year, with uh, or like, like, sorry, a couple of years ago with Rollins and Ambrose. So basically, it was like you had the whole Shield thing, and then Rollins turns on the Shield, and then Reigns seems to forget that it ever happened and <laughs> just kind of moves on to other feuds. Um, whereas, like, basically. Um, Rollins is kind of anointed as like the guy in WWE and Ambrose is the guy who is just like I was your brother you fucked me over you're gonna fucking pay for this shit and like and they like and they just have a match actually for the first time ever because a lot of time every year they do like they do like the the, the kind of the um, gimmick peer views like Hell in a Cell and TLC it was the first time in a really long time that the gimmick actually made sense because it basically built to Hell in a Cell. Basically, it's like these two dudes who basically, like, Ambrose keeps, like, basically, like, running in, like, running from wherever he can to get at uh, Rollins. 
and Rollins keeps running away. So what do you do? You put them in Hell in a Cell, basically like neither can run away. They basically have to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, that's the thing. It's like, so that, that it all led to something and it was, it was a beautiful storyline. So I've showed it to him, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like I love stories too, but I also can just kind of break it down and just watch because like, I, like, I do kind of want to go through my honorable mentions and like the first one I'll go through is a match. I don't even, I have not seen the storyline led up to it. I just know like the match itself was amazing. I'm just going to say what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but where it was um, Goto versus Omega at G1 Climax, which for one thing was history because um, the G1 Climax is like a tournament that New Japan has every year. And basically the winner gets um, a title match at Wrestle Kingdom, which was their, their WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole thing of it was basically, uh, it was it led to kind of Kenny Omega being kind of like the guy basically like the chance for kenny omega to he's became the first ever uh gaijin to win the first north american to win like he's he's the first like they they clearly put a lot behind him and he's now gonna have a match he's gonna he's gonna headline wrestle kingdom like that's fucking insane Mm -hmm. and um that's a match that i don't i i didn't watch the rest of g1 climax um i'm just aware of the bullet club storyline and kenny omega's place in it and so I was really, even though you're not supposed to be because Bullet Club are bad guys, I'm really rooting hard for Kenny <laughs> Omega. <laughs> and then like he even has the post-match promo, which is my favorite post-match promos, definitely of the year, probably of all time, where basically he's just like saying a thing that even like I did. Like it's just like, where he's just like, people are saying Bullet Club should just, is over and should stop. It's like, it's like Bullet Club is never over. Bullet Club is for life. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like, it's like wrestling without Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks is boring and it sucks. Like, it's just like, he's basically dropping truth bombs where it's like, <laughs> to an audience that doesn't really understand him because they're speaking Japanese, because he's, they speak English, <laughs> the Japanese thing. Yeah, we don't worry but, about the translation thing there. <laughs> well, I think at the very end, he ends up switching because he's just like, because the, the, the reason that, like, uh, Bullet Club always talks in English is part of the whole thing. It's basically like, no, no, fuck you. We're foreigners. We won't speak your fucking language. We're going to okay. fucking be whatever. But because Kenny Omega is fucking Kenny Omega, and that's the whole thing. It's like, I know WWE has interest in him, mm-hmm. but he's flat out like, my dream was to be a star in Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm living my dream. Yeah. Why would I want to leave? Like, he's just like, it's like. I have what I want. Like I was thinking, he's like, like I'm not gonna say never, but like yeah. right now I have what I want. So why would I leave? And so that's the whole thing. Is like, and Kenny Omega is like, I watched that promo like a million times. I watched that match like a bunch of times. And it's just really fucking good. Um, another one. Uh, just I already mentioned uh, Ricochet and Will Ospreay. Um, being shy characters. Like the whole thing is because that was a match that it created a lot of controversy because mainly because like um. The thing about, like, wrestling is, like, it's an art, and, like, any art, that you always have people who, like, I don't know, at a certain point, I feel like you get, that's why I've literally said before, I'm, like, whenever there's something that I don't get, like, either music or a movie, like, whatever, I never, like, that's terrible, I'm always just, like, I don't get it. Like, it's yeah, just, like, yeah. and, I, and I don't need to, get, like, not, not everything needs to be for you. Yeah. And it's, like, um, there was, like, a, a match between Will Ospreay and Ricochet from the Best of Super Juniors tournament, like the most vocal person was uh the professional wrestler from the 80s and 90s vader who was basically saying that's not wrestling blah blah blah. and then a lot of people came out to defend will osprey and ricochet like including like william regal and like these guys who were like well-respected guys who basically just like this is art like they do what they want to do it's like 
not everybody it's like it's like the only thing is like you can't say like everybody's gonna be doing this because nobody else can do this yeah like they're the only two guys who can do what they did and they still did tell a story like did they tell like you know i mean like was there a lot of selling to it no and even like will osprey was like i would have liked to have sold sold more they gave us 18 minutes we went 1755 yeah he's like we did like what we could at the time we were given <laughs> we maxed it out and they were like, but the, the story they did tell was actually awesome, because basically like Ricochet, who has always been a babyface, always I've never seen Ricochet be a heel. Um, basically, the whole story is basically like Ricochet basically turning into a heel to try to beat Will Ospreay, because Will Ospreay is the one guy who is in a lot of ways better than him. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost like um, the whole thing of like in comic books, like the reason that uh, Doctor Doom hates Reed Richards isn't because Reed Richards has Susan Storm. It's because Reed Richards is like one of the few people in the world, probably the only person in the world, who is smarter than him. Yeah. And therefore he fucking hates him. Yeah. That's the whole thing is like Ricochet doesn't hate Will Ospreay because of like Will Ospreay's pretty eyes and nice hair and blah blah. <laughs> He's too he beautiful. Fucking... <laughs> I have to take him out of this world. <laughs> he hates Will Ospreay because Will Ospreay is probably better than him. Yeah. And that's like the thing is like so he becomes a bad guy because he just like he basically becoming a monster to fight what he perceives as being a bigger monster. Mm. And it's a really cool story. And I think it's really, I, I mean, I really thought it was really well told. Mm. So like for anybody who was just like, that's not wrestling, it's like, fuck you, dude. It's just like my dad when he, when I was a kid and was like, it's like, oh, anybody, but, but Hal Jordan isn't Green Lantern and like anybody, oh, but yeah, like. Kind of, yeah, we talked about that on a past podcast. It's like, just because it's not your version of a, a show, a character, a movie, that doesn't make it a bad version of that. Exactly. It's like, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like not everything is for you, motherfucker. Yeah. Like. It's like, it's to think that it is is vanity and narcissism. Like, oh. in the end, like, some things are just for other things. Like, I mean, it just it is what it is. Like, if you even watch, like, if you look at, like, um, a New Japan card in general, there's stuff on there that I don't give a shit about, but I still watch it because, I mean, like, I, I know people that are, that are super into it. Yeah. It's just like, it's just And you never know if it's going to strike a chord eventually. Exactly. It's what I'm saying. So it's like, and then, like, the last one on the last, I don't mention I'll throw out, is um, when they had, it was a match that I've honestly been waiting uh, I don't even remember how many fucking years for it because I've been a fan of Seth Rollins since he was Tyler Black in Ring of Honor, so probably like 2007, probably. Um, and Finn Balor, aka Prince Devitt, um, I've been waiting for them to have a match for that time. Like the, mm -hmm. that entire time, I've been waiting for this to happen. And at SummerSlam this year, it finally happened, and it was basically the crown, the first ever Universal Championship. And it was just, I mean, now I think it's always going to kind of have a weird pall over it because it was the match where Seth Rollins accidentally really hurt Finn Balor and has put him out. He's been out since. Oh, shit. Yeah, because he basically, because um, I think you've seen it. He has a move, Seth Rollins, called the Buckle Bomb. Basically, he like power bombs you into you like probably the, uh, did to me, did it to me while we were playing that wrestling game. You probably, probably, yeah. you probably hit it with anyways. But he like throws you in a turnbuckle mm -hmm. um, as a power bomb. Um, he basically was doing one of those onto a barricade. And um, the thing about like the buckle bomb is the reason that I think it's probably the best he hasn't done in a while is because it's something that's very hard to kind of like. You, there's there's tiny little variables that can happen mm -hmm. that like he's like the tiniest bit too high or too low and just things can go wrong. And that was the whole thing. It's basically like Finn Balor when he hit the barricade went to like grab to kind of like because it's unconsciously to kind of support himself yeah. ended up blowing his shoulder out uh, tearing his labrum 
And if you, you actually watch it, he pulls the shoulder back in and nope, finishes nope. the match. Huh? I don't even want to hear it. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's, like, it's like when people post the NFL videos of people breaking their legs and stuff. I can't do it. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I think there's always going to have that pall over it now. But, like, it's still a really good match. And um, But I love that, like, basically I, I heard a story recently where he's, like, talking about, like um, – because the whole crowd, it was Brooklyn, and they're basically it's a bunch of like wrestling nerds who are basically like chanting against the universal title because they think it looks bad. Because like, basically, it's like a red leather with like a just a single symbol on it, and um, the whole match people are chanting like that belt sucks. And um, actually, and I guess Balor thought people like originally he didn't know what they were saying. He's like he thought they were saying Balor sucks. He's like, wow, I didn't even want to turn on me, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the thing is, like at the end of the match, like, he doesn't hold the belts up because he literally can't. Um, but like I guess Sami Zayn was in the back. He's like, that's genius. Like the whole crowd shooting in the belt, so you don't hold the belt up. He's like, no, I literally can't. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I guess like um, at one point, one of the cameramen is just like, no, you got to hold the belt up. He's like. Okay. He's like, crunch, 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 crunch. Like, <laughs> and I guess his, uh, his doctor was like, that's not possible. I don't know how you did that. Like, he's just like, that doesn't make any, like, that's, that's not a thing that you could do. Uh, <laughs> but it happened. Um, but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Those are my top five of the year. I mean, there's a million more. Like, I could probably do, like, they're actually, the reason I didn't include any Chris Hero matches is because I actually, I saw somebody, um, actually made a list Ooh. of um just it was like it was literally just the top 12 chris hero matches of the year <laughs> <laughs> and i might just post that online because this year was basically like the year of kind of chris hero chris hero being like kind of the underdog workhorse who was like he's not in any of like the like even nxt he's not I mean, he's it's about to be but he's not in any kind of like the basically your basic places you go but in all the minor independents like evolve pwg like everywhere he goes he's having these fucking amazing matches the one that i will point to right now is his match with zach saber jr um but really any of his matches from this year if you seek out you will not be disappointed i'll I'll get into it eventually especially if we start talking more wrestling on the podcast because i want to do a bunch of like uh, reactionary videos so like I wouldn't mind following it live and then being able to do shit with you so yeah I'll get into it I'll, I'll, it'll just take time um, alright so for those of you who don't know the 10 people that Patrick pointed out are listening Uh, (laughs) biggest inspiration for this podcast is Kevin Smith for me Patrick's got his own podcast Gifted Punksters but I'm sure these are both my podcasts these are both my podcasts I enjoy them they're equal let me get there has his other podcast gifted punkster so he brought the experience already into it whereas i'm starting brand new on these and education is my favorite podcast where they have the four different chambers they call it the psi the phi the why and the by eventually i would love to be able to find a cool name for what we're going to be doing at the end of every podcast and what we've been doing where i ask patrick random shitty questions of who would be who Oh man, it's gonna get cool. Eventually, I'll put like music in there, and there'll be all like sound effects and boop boop. But for now, in my shitty editing skills, we'll just segue into it. All right, Patrick. Yes. Who would win in a fight? I'll do a couple superhero ones, couple non superhero ones. First up, Beast versus Black Panther. Um, Two badass cats. And I, I, I don't mean say... that in the cool like '40s way. Like these are some cool cats coming. No, I mean they're literally feline characters. Who wins in a fight? That's not the. 40s that's like the cool. 50s and the 60s cool. but okay whatever drive turkey and tell me who would win <laughs> uh honestly black panther is like one of the most skilled fighters in the entire marvel universe so i mean i don't think that beast could really i mean beast yeah he's super agile but i mean, well, in the I mean end, but is it, doesn't beast have super strength too or at least, at least a, a form of 
I mean, it's comparable to like a gorilla strength. I mean, it's not like it's fucking. Gorillas are pretty damn strong. I'm not saying otherwise. I'm saying like, it doesn't matter if you're like the strongest guy in the world. The guy is a more skilled fighter than you. Like he's gonna beat you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, I the only thing that, that tore it up for me because the whole reason I think of these things is because I go, oh, they're funny, and then I look at another person, I'm like, wait, you're kind of similar. So cat versus cat was cool, but they both have like the claws. Well, the beast he doesn't have any sort of like healing or tough skin or nothing, right? He's just a, he's just a beast. He's just, yeah. He's just beauty and the beast is all. He's just, a, you know, swooning all over young brunettes. That's all he does. So, okay, that's fair. Yeah, we'll give that one. But, well, and Black Panther has the suit, I guess, is really where I would give him the biggest edge is the vibranium suit. You can't... Re- beast couldn't do shit to that. Well, I'm just saying, even if so, I mean, it's, it's, he's the one of the best fighters in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, like, I mean, but, like, if you take... If, if you take someone who like has... Like, Danny Rand. Danny Rand fights with a fucking open shirt as the true, Iron Fist. True. So, like... He takes on all comers. He's like, here, whatever. Try to throw a spear at me. I'm just good enough to dodge it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, we'll move on. This one makes no sense to me because I know nothing about one of the characters. The Tick versus the Comedian. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the Comedian would just shoot the Tick in the face. <laughs> so, Again, like... I don't know anything about the Tick. I just know I love Patrick Warburton, and he did a live-action version of it. No, I mean, I like the, the Tick was a cool comedy comic, but I mean, like, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you're showing in that, the comedian would just fucking just like, boom. Okay, comedian <laughs> without his gun. Still, I mean, the comedian would probably like chew his fucking face off. Like, comedian's a fucking scary motherfucker. No, like, I'm not denying that. He he gets down. With, does the Tick have any superpowers? He's strong, right? I mean, I remember, I don't remember him having any powers. I could be wrong. I haven't watched or read the Tick in years, but I don't remember him having powers. I remember him being just a regular guy in a Tick costume, so. <laughs> that makes it even better. <laughs> I mean, the comedian is the regular guy with, like, guns and fighting skills. Yeah, so, like, it's like evenly said, matched, but... He's completely... It's like it's like a, a comedy person who makes jokes and wants to beat you up for a, for a laugh versus a comedy person who wants to kill you for a laugh. I mean, it's not really comparable in that sense, but... All right, moving on. I don't know enough about either of those. All right. Oh, man, there's so many good ones. Some of them are, like, gods versus gods. Uh, whew. Dear God, you're just gonna blow your wad in like all of them in like I, three episodes. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I like what I, if you heard me typing earlier, I was adding to it then because I just freaking if, if I think of one or like I looked, no, no, no hints. I'm not gonna give you anything. All right, so we'll move on to this one: He Man versus Lionel. Uh, because <laughs> they're both incredibly awesome, have the coolest swords in all the cartoons, at least in my opinion. And uh, I guess that's pretty much the only things they have in common. They both have some cool teams. I don't know. He-Man I rides mean, a tiger. That's what didn't he just? Battle Cat. Well, oh, sorry, cat. sorry, Battle Cat. Whatever. Um, I mean, I would give the edge to He-Man. But that's mostly because of how much like when I was a kid, I think the first thing I ever liked when I was like three years old was He-Man. So like, like, I mean, I got into comic books and Ninja Turtles, obviously, like, a little bit. Like, I think it went um. From my recollection, it went like I mean maybe Batman was first. I don't remember. It's all I mean I was a, an infant, so I don't remember. But um, just a wee lad. One of the first things I remember being obsessed with was He Man. So I feel like I have to like I, I did really like the Thundercats as well, but I feel like I have to give the edge to He Man to ever just back to. I mean he's fucking He Man. Like he's he, he is cool, but I mean Lionel has that sword that can he can see whatever he wants, and he just has to look for He Man before he goes all He Man before he does the sword. Oh, battle. when he's Prince Adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he just has to seek him well, out. That's not He Man versus Lionel. Then that's just <laughs> <laughs> that's a different fight. Whatever. Who has the better? This doesn't. Count count as a separate one who has the better battle cry the i have the power or thunder thunder thundercats oh sorry franny 
<laughs> no, I, I, yeah, no. I have the power. That's <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> I go if, for as far as the fight goes. I say He Man, but I like the Thundercats cry more. You do love hoes. Yeah, I do love hoes. Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and trick. Gandhi said that. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right, last one. Oh, I don't want it to be the last one. Okay. Um, I'll give you the chance. Uh, street level. Well, not street level, but lower end versus or God versus God. Um, fuck it. God versus God. God versus God. Okay. So who would win? They're, neither of them are actual gods, but I put them on the level of gods. The Spectre versus Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, they're crazy mm. guys, bro. Although I don't know much about the Spectre, I just know he basically is has no limit to what he can do. Which what is say, that's, that's a weird the same thing, thing about Doctor like, Manhattan. I mean, you basically have like a guy who is like kind of like science personified <laughs> versus like magic personified. <laughs> so which? Way? So the, hold on. The reason why I put this one up just for because there's a couple more like this. Every time I'm reading, we'll talk about something, and you'll say, you know it's fucking dark side or something like that you'll just be like i should know he's all powerful or you know it's fucking galactus he can do anything so i'll go and google it and i'll go on wikipedia and i'll read this bio on this and then i'll get stuck in the internet on the list of both power most powerful beings or limitless power or whatever because there's an infinite hierarchy in the marvel and dc universe that like you can't get to the end of there's always someone better than someone and it doesn't explain how and i don't understand it so I can't. So, in this instance, I'm sure somewhere on the internet you could find someone saying one's better, one could beat the other. Who wins, Spectre versus Doctor Manhattan? The only reason I would say Spectre is because, like, the line that basically um, magic is science we haven't explained yet. So technically, okay, if Doctor Manhattan is a peak of science, but it's all science we understand, and the Spectre is is uh, magic, which is science we don't know yet, then clearly he would be more powerful okay can the specter teleport yeah okay that's the big one for me is if they can teleport can he like change the like molecular composition of things and make them whatever he wants i mean i guess he probably could i mean he doesn't but that's all that's that's more of a science thing that's what i'm saying like he he can magically transform things but what's his like his his uh classification is it like the power cosmic or is it just magic or is it just unexplained forces I mean, it's, I mean, all of the above, I guess. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's kind of nebulous. Like, I mean, if you dig into it deep enough, I'm sure you can find an answer. But I mean, it's all, it's all kind of nebulous. Um, I mean, definitely not the power. I mean, it's not cosmic because, I mean, the power cosmic is Marvel. It's like Silver Surfer and Galactus. But yeah, um, it definitely means, no, Spectre is DC. Oh, then I'm thinking of the wrong guy. <laughs> Either way, it worked out as a question <laughs> without me thinking of the right guy. I'm thinking, uh, well, hold on, finish your thing, so. No, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Who's the guy who ripped Carnage in half? Spect- oh, Sentry. Sentry. Mother <laughs> Okay. That's who I was thinking. I typed it up, did zero research. Okay, fine. Who would win in a fight? Spectre versus Sentry. Sentry. Or, I'm sorry. It's uh, Spectre still. Really? Because Sentry has a similar deal where he has, like, no limit to his power, right? Well, yes, but he's also, like, basically has, like, punchy powers. Like, oh. 
Whereas like Spectre has more than punchy powers. So <laughs> like, I guess Spectre, Spectre was a better comparison, even though I was thinking Spectre. Okay, whatever. Don't judge me, man. I'm just guy trying to live <laughs> over here. It's okay. <laughs> all right. So yeah, I'm not going to go to, I have like a bunch more, but I, I could ask those all day. I could literally do an entire podcast just asking you those stupid questions. So I will refrain. Uh, yeah. You got anything else? Wrestling, football, or superhero related you want to throw at me um the only the only team i will back in football this year is the raiders okay purely because when i was a kid growing up um i loved nwa a lot and they always wore a lot of raider gear <laughs> they were that's fair the raiders have and and this is coming from like so i've read a lot of things about like the biggest sports uh uh followings and the packers are are to believe to have the most diehard groups uh of fans because it's the smallest city the smallest sports city in general to have a national to have a national team so like hockey basketball all that it's like green bay consists of like 130,000 people which is big for you know compared to what we're used to but it's tiny compared to la chicago detroit all that kind of shit so the freaking raiders fans are nuts <laughs> they're balls to the walls for that team and i appreciate Indeed. it but my god yeah no i i like them a lot they've got they're a young team who's been losing for a long time and i I like to see them succeed so yeah the raiders are good and they have a chance they have a legitimate chance at going to the super bowl this year if they can beat the patriots and nobody can beat the patriots so we'll see what happens well i think i really want i would i would i would root for them because i think like i literally almost after i watched straight out of compton and kind of had my love for nwa like reignited Mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna buy some fucking raider gear i'm just like that's stupid like i i I will look like a jackass and people will ask me questions about like the raiders i'm like i don't fucking know the answers (laughs) i I like ice cube (laughs) i just really like him don't worry about easy he's a good guy so (laughs) yeah that's fair rest in peace rest in peace shout out I wish I had a drink. I'd pour it on the floor and get yelled at. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that'll wrap this episode up. I actually will confidently say our next uh, podcast, tune in, listen in, will be about Dirk's Gently. I'm almost done. Dirk? I, Dirk Gently. Sorry, don't. I put, I pluralize everything in life. There's an S on anything. Don't judge say me. Say the whole name. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective okay, Agency. <laughs> that will make it easier to remember. Dirk Gently. Uh, we will be doing an entire podcast because I have two episodes left and that show is amazing but I haven't heard anyone talk about it ever and I'm really concerned that it's not going to get a following at all so tune in and listen to us you know spam over it I'm pretty sure Patrick loves it as much as I do I do or more actually it'd probably be fair to say more because I'm slowly but by the end of this season I might be like balls deep in this thing so (laughs) check in for that one otherwise we are the men of the machine I'm Kevin I'm Pat. And thanks for listening. Why? Don't be mad, cause I'm doing me better than you doing you. Don't be mad, cause I'm doing me better than you doing you. Don't be mad, cause I'm doing me better than you doing you. Better than you doing you. Fuck it, what you doing?